My name is Richard Fijo, and I'm a Larrakia man of direct male descent of the Larrakia from my father, my grandfather, and my great-grandfather in what Aboriginal culture calls grandfather law. We, the Larrakia, the traditional owners and custodians of Darwin and its surrounding regions, and since the time of the Dreamtime, our people have been the first people to walk across this land. But as I walk, as I see tonight, people from all over the world have joined us this evening, and I see you in the crowd, and I see you on the football field, and it's my honour to welcome you to Darwin and Larrakia land. I have a special welcome tonight because tonight I want to acknowledge all Larrakia who are in attendance. I want to welcome the Tiwi people. I want to welcome the Jawan people. I want to welcome the Anandiliyakwa people. I want to welcome the Buran Partha people. I want to welcome the Walpuri and the Wurrumungu people. I want to welcome the Aranda people because we're all countrymen. I want to welcome the Yamaji. I want to welcome the Nungas. I want to welcome the Kuris, the Murrays, the Nangas. I want to welcome the brothers and sisters from Tasmania and I want to welcome our Torres Strait Islander brothers and sisters and indigenous people from all around the world and I want to welcome our non-indigenous people to Darwin and Larrakia country. And when you leave, you'll take the Larrakia message with you, Reverend W. Fido. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an honour to welcome each and every one of you to Larrakia land. My ancestors guide and protect you always, and may the best team win. Thank you. Hello and welcome to AF Eloquence, the show where we are eloquent AF about all things football. My name is Bart Welch. Hey, my name is Emil Freund and i got to say, Bart Welch, that was a delightful introduction. Thank you very much. I've been working on it. I did my vocal warm-ups. Um, it's not 8.30 in the morning like last time we did the pod. So no, it's not, it's not Bart and Emil AF Eloquence in the AM. It's, uh, it's, in, the, it's in the early hour though. We're in your, it's, it's, it's the tradie hour. Welcome to AF Eloquence, the tradie special. It is 25th of August, uh, Tuesday the 25th of August and the time is about 1pm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good to be back on the pod, in the podosphere, Bart, Bartholomew. Yeah, we took a little um a little buy, <laughs> unintended buy, um to, you know, clear the airwaves. We had a had a bit on, Amelia and I, but it's been a um we're well rested and we're ready to jump in for the final five rounds. Of well, we football. had an opportunity on the weekend to record and, and, yeah. and we were we were gonna but then, you know, I was uh I was pretty moved by a lot of the um celebrations around Sir Doug Nichols Indigenous round and you know, I thought we we both thought that maybe it's time to you know maybe we don't need to add two middle age, middle class white dudes opinions to this week. Some maybe more, it's time to yeah. give a bit of give a bit of space for some more stories to emerge and some other people's takes to to become hot. Um, and ours can ours can cool on the shelf for a week. Yeah, we're happy to cool off 
And then we can come back with a vengeance this week with the hottest takes going around. The hottest of hot. It is tradie hour on AF Eloquence. (laughs) Remember to get your tradie soap. And if you're a tradie and I know you're listening, get it now. Hotter than a four Um, and 20, it's AF Eloquence. (laughs) In the avo. Of course. And so I hope you've knocked off. You're heading home and you're Hilux. You've got AF Eloquence pumping through the speakers. And um, we're going to give you some hotter takes than cane corns on a a Saturday afternoon. Hey, no one. Hey, uh, don't joke about that, Bart. No one can. No one can replace Kane Corns. No the man. He's a national treasure. He's an icon. <laughs> He's also no, a tosser. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, isn't it? Uh, what a stark contrast um, in terms of Indigenous round. And, and you look at the commentary teams and the and the, the people in the media who are discussing it. Like, God damn! Like, I, was, I jumped on the SEN website the other day and they had like on the banner head. It's 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 you know all of their all their, you know, personalities and callers and their idea of diversity on that particular network is Daisy Pierce. That's it. Mm. That's the only person who's not a male in their middle aged middle aged white, white. Dude. like for God's sake. Daisy's doing a lot of the uh, shouldering a lot of work there oh, for man. everyone else. She's a new mum. She she can't be taking on an extra burden. Doing enough. Isn't she just? Yeah, truly. Yeah. It's it's same old same old really, and um, which is why, uh, as you said, we were happy to get off the airways for the weekend, give a little bit more space. Well, what um, trash to just trot out um, your in- indigenous personalities for one round? Like I'm all for there being more of an indigenous celebration of of the game, bloody the game that was gifted to us by yeah. or you know stolen by us, however you want to put it, by yeah. Mangrook. Why? Why it's not further incorporated? I don't know. Like, and, and up everyone's in Darwin, wasn't it great? Loves, it was so good. It was amazing, wasn't it? It was super special, and they were able to. You're able to get a feel of the um of the ground. You know, it's it's quite hard to do via the the TV, but there was definitely something. You know, it felt like a, a special in a special time, and so great to have it up in the NT uh, for Indigenous round. Um, yeah, and everyone seems to get around it, right? Like. Everyone takes pride in celebrating Indigenous culture when it's like the round or when it's their their time. But like, you know, the same the same round when we'll have Indigenous round, we'll have, there's like every week there's still racism going on uh, to our Indigenous players either online or in real life. Like it's still a constant thing. It's still a real issue. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, we're we're having a little pre pre pod chat um, before hitting the record button today and and i was telling you we were talking about um the article that came out um over the weekend uh uh i've just momentarily his, his name's escaped me. jackson um it's someone jackson oh, i can't remember his name either the russell Gosh. russell jackson russell perhaps? jackson i believe so writer. yeah yeah um yeah and and i was talking we we're talking about the nickname nicknames that he'd been he'd been given uh, for Robert, Robert Muir is the, yeah, Robert, is the We're talking about Robert person. Muir, the article about Robert Muir. The player, yes. for the, if you haven't followed along, played for the Saints in the in the early mid to, mid to early 70s and yeah, 80s. 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s, yep. right. Russell Only Jackson like, is the name, yep. That's right. Only got to like 68 games or something, and, and yet he'd been talked about in kind of um, very exalted terms. And and, and he, he opened up about 
his the abuse that he'd suffered and and, and the subsequent damage it's done to constant, his life. Constant, constant abuse. Oh too. man, and it, through it was his harrowing reading career. about his background growing up in Ballarat as well and playing there and 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 you know getting two years, getting two and a half years for a for a kick innocuous tri- trip. Two and a half year suspension, and it was like the week before, a couple of weeks prior, there was a white player who had, did the same thing and got a six week ban or something yeah, like that. Five like or six got, weeks, yep. And and they went, they took it to the highest court they could, the high court, and um, and even the might have even been the Supreme Court. I think. <laughs> Dare to believe, <laughs> um, and even the. Opposition player who was the kicked or the player that he so you know apparently he kicked was yeah. went to court with them and was was standing by that it, it was nothing malicious and this is a, a massive overreaction and um, stopped the man being recruited to your mighty saints for two years you know so horrific and that was the thing that was you know like he he um, football for Robert Muir was like that was his that was his life and that kept him you know f- it was a focus for him and. You know, as as it is for many people, something a passion and something that you love, and that two and a half year year ban, that excessive draconian ban, was one of the many things in his career that's you know that that was an obstacle put in his way. You just well, what, think of what an example obstacles. to point to in terms of systemic racism. There it is, bang. Oh, hundred percent. The guy, the white guy, a week earlier gets a few five or six weeks. The indigenous player does the same thing, even with people coming you know, to represent him and say that it wasn't malicious gets two and a half years for the exact same thing. Like it's, it's as clear as day right there. And we, we were, to, I was, to, I told you a story um, before we recorded about uh, a coach I had in, in, um, in juniors cricket in Ballarat. I was playing mm. uh, like under 16s or something. And, and our coach, um, he'd been at the club for a long time since he was a, he was a kid and he was an indigenous man. Um, and, yeah, his nickname when he was there, um, up until this is when I was sixteen, so only two thousand and six. So recently, was still he, he, when he first came to the club, his nickname was Black Dog, and people still called him Blackie and 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 Dog, you know, around the club, and just the yeah. the constant wearing away at your own psyche and and sense of self and, and identity and constant just little jibes that denigrate who you are and put you in a subservient position. Like, no no wonder um, Rob Muir's had a tough life. Ah, such a tough life. And you hear about the contra- constant racism and the, the, the bullshit that was slung at him every week on and off the field. And then people would see a retaliation or a reaction on field, you know, maybe a physical reaction to being racially vilified constantly. Yep. And then you might jump upon someone or do something in retaliation and then, oh, Mad Dog's done it again, copying another, like... Feeds the narrative. It's it's unfathomable, man. It honestly is unfathomable. I know how things are for me if I'm feeling low in confidence and that can just be from like a a shitty interaction I've had at the cafe or or something. Just something something so trivial and really small. Yeah, let alone if if people were in in a broad way without me knowing them in any way, shape or form, constantly putting me down. Like, I, I, Man, I'd, I wouldn't get out of bed. I, don't, I wouldn't either, dude. I, that's, that's why I try our best and, and you and I are quite empathetic people and who I think are pretty good at putting ourselves in other people's shoes and trying to see things from their point of view. But, uh, but this, this one's an unfathomable one. I, I can't imagine what it's like being a, a white person, a white male in, in 2020 
Um, and this stuff's like, you know, we, we talk about the reaction to the article that Russell Jackson wrote and the response to Robert Muir has been really positive. You know, a lot of people... Uh, um, a lot of people have come forward, and have the response from the Saints in particular was was really classy, and 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 got they got the tone right, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. It's an, a genuine apology, and I know apologies only go so far. And there was also a GoFundMe that came up to uh, for people to um, contribute to uh, contribute yeah. to Help his, yeah for to, shoulder surgery. That's right for something that should have been you know should have been supported through his career as a football player and through all the opportunities that other football players professional football players have gotten um so the response was great on that and they've met their target a couple times over in 24 hours which was amazing but again off uh off mic earlier before we started you talk about the um you know adam goods's treatment and how he hasn't been welcomed back in in the same way and and that's something that happened not not even 10 years ago we think we've come a long way and then there's still well it's still happening it was a point really well made by uh carolyn wilson on the age podcast um footy podcast and that was that um wonderful to see the way this was um the the response to this both from the saints but you know the afl also coming out and apologizing and talking about it um but it's in some respects it's easy to apologize for something that happened 30 40 years ago Mm. um by the organization that you now represent but not by you but you know, by, by the people who have since left their post and or, or you know moved on, it's easy enough to apologise for that because you can you can do it as a representative of that organisation, whether it be the Saints or the AFL, whoever. Um, knowing that you don't have a personal responsibility, your personal responsibility now is to do some healing, and that's 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 easy enough to do. But if it's Adam Goods and you're the AFL and you were you know Gillian McLaughlin who was head of the AFL at the time, it's just that bit harder, isn't it, to come out and say, oh. Fucked up. I fucked up there. Didn't like, and he has a little bit. He's talked about that handling of that as being um, not, not uh, wanting to do things differently. How do you have his chance again? And God, unfortunately, he probably will get his chance again. And I hope he does do it differently. But fuck, they should yeah. just. They they really. Uh, it makes me so angry. We've talked about this on the pod before. Uh, the way Adam Goods has been pushed out of the game because of the complete lack of support when it mattered most. And yeah, 40 years down the track, you can, it's, we can all, with the benefit of hindsight, see all the things that were wrong with what was going on. But it takes a special kind of leader um, and it takes real leadership to recognize it in the moment and to call it out and to own that. And unfortunately, they didn't. And we're seeing what the repercussions of that are. And, you know, on the same podcast, the Age Footy podcast, Jake Nile made a made a. Uh, he said something that really resonated with me, which was that this is the tip of the iceberg. This is the, this is the, these stories are just going to keep on coming out, and God, they should. I just hope we're ready. Yeah, that's that's one from from forty, fifty years ago from my own club that I I'd never heard of. I'd never heard of any of this, and I can only imagine that that's there's countless stories of uh, horrific stories and accounts of other players during this time that, and, and up until right now that have experienced this like. Let alone um, the ones that never made it to the AFL because of the barriers that were in place. Absolutely, in my levels. goodness, the playing fields are very uneven, my friend. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's pretty, st- it's pretty horrific, dude. That article is a really good read, though. Recommend it to anyone. It's an ABC article, and yeah, uh, Russell Jackson is the the journalist, and it's called "The Persecution of Robert Muir Is the story football doesn't want to hear, but sh- but a good read. We need to hear it. 
And we're back. <laughs> so the round last week, but the um, the Indigenous round that was, how did you enjoy it? How much did you watch? I watched a fair bit. Nice. I had a... So, of course, we've had a couple of weeks off. So we had we finished the Festival of Football. Everyone took a collective breath. We had four days. I was um, so full, and man. I, I had to sit on the couch oh, and just do nothing for a bit. And Oh, oof. gorged myself on football. <laughs> That's it. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> me too. But was ready to go again, refreshed, and was very excited for Indigenous Round. Um, and I watched a fair bit of football. Um, I watched both the games in the NT, uh, your Mighty Blues getting over the Gold Coast. I watched My Mighty Saints lose in a close one to the Lions. Um, I don't know. I watched a, I watched a fair few, dog. It's it's pretty exciting. We've got five rounds left. Can you believe it? Five it's, games of football. Well, yeah, man. I mean, you throw this truncated season, 17 rounds, plus then, you know, the compressed nature of the, the festival of football that was, not to mention the festival of football that's to be. Um, it really does starting uh, next starting week, get, is it? Yeah, it's 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 upon us. And you know what? I'm just happy that for the first time since 2013, the Blues will be active in September, mate. Yeah, you're calling so everyone here. else, but still, <laughs> yes, that's right. We, yeah, it's still something to play for. Um, I'm pretty optimistic about your Blues. It's uh, you. What are you sitting ninth place? Um, you're tenth? sitting just out of the tenth. eighth. Maybe tenth? equal ninth, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah equal tenth. ninth. That's right. Uh, Melbourne have shaded us on Melbourne. Yeah, right. And so you're a win out, and the Western Bulldogs have got that eighth spot. But you have a good run home, and Blue we've played Bay's... we've played one game mm. less um, than all the clubs in the eight bar West Coast. Well, there you go. Okay, so you, you of course you've had your buy. So you really, you could be equal with Western Bulldogs potentially if you get mm. this dub this weekend against the Pies, well, the Collie Wobbles. But I mean, yeah. I mean, who's looking more likely to jump in? We had we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, but um, mm. I still think it's worth revisiting because God, a couple of weeks is a a very long time in football. Um, Indeed, it is. Yeah. So in terms of the spots vying for that last kind of last final spot or two, we got Collingwood, Western Bulldogs, Melbourne, Carlton, GWS, Essendon, with a sneaky chance from Frio. You'd mm. probably write the Suns off at this point. I would. Yeah, you know, I, I think, think so. It's a, they're a fair bit out of there now. It's, they've got they'd have to do a fair bit. Yeah, they're ten points out of the eight, so they're two and a half wins out. It's probably near impossible. Uh, they just they'd need everything to go right and for percentage. Them. Yeah, yeah. they need to win all. They need to pot out from here and with some pretty solid margins in there. Too right. Um, okay, so who who out of those teams? Who, if you had to choose two teams out of that, the the you know. Ones are listed then. The six, four, I mean, sorry, the five or six mm-hmm. are listed then. Who would you choose? So from the Western Bulldogs, including the one, the, the team I that is I just I'm going to include Collingwood and the Bulldogs because um, they, their form, yeah, like Western Bulldogs because of their ladder position, but Collingwood because of their performances over the last, you know, five, six weeks and their injuries puts them in the category of doubt for me. Fair. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the two clubs that... Um, you probably would have thought pre-season would have been definitely in there out of that mix is Collingwood and GWS. Yeah. It's pretty wild to think that the Giants with all of their talent and uh, and the lot are in 11th spot and are looking pretty shaky. Um, I said this to you yesterday, Millie, with yeah. the Giants. Like, I, I don't know if this is true or not because it, it can't seem to be true, but 
maybe is is something changing? Is their window starting to close a little bit? Because they've been making prelims since 2016, which is five seasons ago. So that's five years of being right at the pointy end every year and making you know only the grand final for the first time last year. And you would think that they would maybe rise again and could do even even better. But is this just one of those years? Are they having a little dip, and then next year they'll be back, you know, to where they could be because it's such a strange season or or is it the start of a bit of a the first kind of decline has, has that been their their first wave of you know for them being a, a a new club and having a crack at it and is that kind of are they going to go back to the to the bunch to the back to the, pack? To the rest of them to the pack um, yeah dude are, are they still head and shoulders above everyone else no i don't think so um yeah i think it's an interesting point there aren't many teams that sit at the top of the tree for beyond five years that's pretty that's you know there there are exceptions obviously to that um hawthorne in the bloody 70s and 80s and um geelong in recent yeah, years there's not many clubs do it around the mark for it's, a long um, time um but it's it's super rare for teams to be really within that window for for five years or more so it's a really interesting question i think um we've got to wait till next year to know uh because i think that there's something about this season and and the the nature of it i think if things weren't going your way in terms of luck in terms of uh, uh, results in terms of injuries whatever it is i think there'd be a little part of you that go well it's the season with the asterisk next to it anyway we've only got 17 rounds like write it off and move on to next year. Like, you know, it's clearly, it's what, it's what Buddy's done, right? Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did he play a game this year? He didn't, did he? Yeah. That was uh, it. Did he play round one? No, maybe not. I think I you're right. I think so. I think yeah. he's been out for the whole year. Um, it's a bit of a shame, but yeah. Real shame. It's all right, mate. Write it off. Well, and back to your original question about who you're, who's going to fit into those last couple of spots. I think who I want to fit in <laughs> there would be the Western Bulldogs and Carlton because both are, spanners in the works particularly the blues and not just because i'm talking to you Emil, <laughs> but uh but because i haven't seen them in finals for a long time um and, and, and obviously bulldogs had the proven record from the, the fringes yes. of the eight you know and they're nearly in pole position their favorite spot seventh. seventh they just need to win another game actually if they win a game and you be if they win this weekend against geelong which would be difficult and you guys beat collingwood they will be in their favored position so Things are lining up. They can start tanking from there to keep the seventh spot alive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a balancing act. Uh, yeah, that's who I would like that's to see. Me, like. I'd like to see cool. Western Bulldogs and Carlton. But it, I, I'm not in <laughs> saying all of that stuff about the Giants. They've got a pretty easy. They've got an easier run home than some. It wouldn't surprise me if they snuck in there for that eighth spot. And Collingwood, do they? I don't know if they've got it in them. Is it going to be just those two, Collingwood and the no, Giants? Side bottom for the rest of the year. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. So he's, well, he's done for the... He's, he's just he's gone not, home. He's not playing. He's he's leaving to go home this week, I believe. And he's not playing mm. this game coming up. And mm. I think depending on when the baby arrives, um, there's like, there's a, if he doesn't come back within a certain window, um, then he just won't be available because he'll need to quarantine again. So it's right. it's likely that you won't get side bottom playing again for the year. Okay. Let's hope it's, uh, the, the pregnancy's... A bit late. <laughs> so keep Steele out of the team. That's it. What about you? Who would you you would prefer? I assume the Blues to get in there. Um, yeah, I mean, of course. And I think that <laughs> I think in in lots of ways, I reckon that we'd be um, we'd be one of the most interesting teams to sneak into the finals. Um, the 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 close nature of 
the games we've had this year has made us very entertaining to watch, um, even for neutrals, which is not something you can say about the Blues for the last, you know, six or eight years. So I think it'll it'll make for a good game or two if we do make it to finals and we won't roll over. Uh, it and, and you know what? I think this, this I like the I like our players in a finals context. I think you'll see players, um, you know, Paddy Cripps, you'll see I think flourish if he gets the chance to play some finals. I think he'll 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 play some special games if and he will in the future play some special finals games and I hope that we see a little taste of that this season. God, I'm hoping. Um oh yeah. And there's so you do have a few players that could, really could be big game players. Like yeah. I could see Harry Mackay, you know, being one of those guys who just steps Jack up. Martin, you know. Martin, he, he absolute some, freak. Yep. Bet's um, been there many times before. Zach exactly. Fisher was a welcome addition don't, back to the don't team. Don't we all want to see Eddie Betts play another final or two, you know? Yes. Yes, we do. Mm. Um, well, we'll see. Yeah. In terms of who's most, most likely, though, to answer my own question, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think the Bulldogs. Um, I don't see the Giants making it. I've, I reckon I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Giants. I've been a big fan of them for a long time, but this year is not their year. And it, it, it's not just it's not just the spot on the ladder it's just it's the way they're playing i just yeah i can't see them turning it around quickly i I think they have um their mojo's gone somehow um Mm. it's not working and i don't know why that is but um i don't know i I don't see them i don't i don't see them clicking that 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 um doing that 180 kind of click of form it's it's, it doesn't work that way i don't think Um, no i've i've thought in the past maybe it, it does work a bit more in a normal season but this year team's don't seem to be able to just turn it on after a bad loss. Like normally with a better team, you're like, oh, they'll just bounce back. It just isn't happening. It's not happening with the Giants. It hasn't happened with the Pies. Like some of those better sides. Shorter they, quarters they really makes makes a struggling. big difference, I reckon, to this too. It does, isn't it? Because it, you know, it shows in the fourth quarter about in terms of fitness. You know, if you if you have players that can really run, run for, all day, and that's all their day, strength. Day, like yeah. they, they, that's one of their strengths that they're missing out on. Um, and I think the Giants were quite a fit and good running side. You know, when they're at their best, that run, run the the orange tsunami, is yes. one of their potent weapons. And I don't know. I've watched them in. The, I've watched them a fair bit in the last few weeks, and they are they're not a very inspiring team at the moment. There was that one game they played a couple of weeks ago. I don't even know if we talked about it. Who knows when it was? But it was when they got. I think oh, maybe it was against Port, and they got three of their first goals from dodgy free kicks yeah. in the forward fifty, and they barely um, kicked another goal. Barely for the kicked game. another one. Yeah, the whole game. How does that happen? Yeah, <sighs> off them. We're off them. Where we are, and I think uh, you know if it, if team if another team has gets the jump on them, which is easier to do when their confidence is low. There's just less time to be able to arrest mm. that momentum within the quarter and, and turn it around. Like I can't wait for the return to normal length quarters. I reckon, um, you know, not only for the scoring, but also just momentum shifts in games. I'm finding uh, just generally there's a lot less of that. And, you know, the team, you get the sense of who's going to win a bit earlier uh, this year. But maybe that's just confirmation bias because I want to, you know, I want my own opinion to be true. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? I make a podcast, right? (laughs) Well, I, I believe in you, Emil. I think you're absolutely correct, Emil. Uh, I also can't wait for full length quarters. Let's I'll just put it this way: if the Saints, if we had a few more minutes in the Saints Brisbane game, we would have won. Um, yeah, but you know that's how it goes, mate. That's how yep. it goes. Oh yeah. Um, right. Uh, games. All right. Uh, we we. Uh, pff, there's not much. Is there much point talking about 
uh, our games. Like games that have been uh, not. Carlton Gold Coast, pretty boring game. We won a dominated them, mattered, just couldn't kick straight. Yeah. In fact, the last two games in a row, I think our scoreline's been like twelve twenty eight or something. So we've got nice. some form. We just need to put it on the board. Um, and the Saints, yeah. you know, held in there. Against, we were, I didn't watch the game. Yeah, I was we working, pretty much did the same thing. Um, well, I'll give it. Yeah, they were the. We look a little bit shook in the first quarter. They were a bit slicker. They kicked into gear a bit quicker than we did. They peppered on the scoreboard. They kind of like we were the first. We drew drew first blood and had the first score. But they probably could have put us away by halftime if they kicked straight. Particularly Eric Eric Hipwood who kicked about seven behinds or something. Eric um, Wayward, more like. Oh hey yo. Um, well, he was that day, but if he gets it right, geez, how many did he kick? I'll actually, I don't even know. Did he only kick one goal? Is that what happened? He kicked no mm. goals. He kicked three behinds, but he also kicked a couple out of bounds in the full. So he kicked five and five misses. Um, yeah, gee, it, it was six fourteen to seven six. So they had, um, you know, they had a bunch more, seven more scoring shots than we did. But you know, it had a finals like energy to it. I'll say that. Sure. Um, it was it was quite skillful and quite contested. Um, the pressure was good from what I've heard. Pressure was really good, yeah. that We kept them, they didn't score in the last quarter. No, they got one point in the last quarter and we kicked one goal three. So we had our chances in the last quarter, but their pressure was the thing that kept us at bay, really. It, was, it wasn't due to anything else other than them being just a bit better a unit. So I think they are a slightly better side than us. I thought they were going to win by probably more than that. So two points, I'm happy. But of course, when you get that close, you're always like, oh, geez, we nearly could have pinched it. But I take that L. I'm just happy we're in sixth spot and hopefully looking like playing our first final since 2011. And if you're um, going to get the L, at least you don't take the percentage hit as well. That's that's right, because the other losses we've had are, you know, other significant losses was Geelong was a massive loss, 10% mm. off our percentage, and also uh, Bulldogs? we lost to Collingwood early. Oh, Collingwood, right. No, I beat the Bulldogs, lost that's to right. Collingwood quite convincingly by about 30-odd points early in the season. Wish we'd play them now, though. But um, <laughs> That's how it goes, Mel. That's how that's it goes. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. There's there's those games. I don't know. What was there any other games over the weekend that was that caught your eye? I know you're a, a working man. Yeah, busy boy. But a little bit busy at the moment. Um, mm. The D's let us down. The doggies. That was coming. I could see that coming a mile away. If we did our pod last D's. week, that was yes. Yeah. They won three in a row. It was yeah. like he he. They are prime that's, to that's lose against the dogs for the D's. Right. Yeah, three yeah, in a row. Absolutely. Bust out the and the bulldogs. Bath champagne. They love bubble, a bubble, bubble bath, baths, if I will. Bubbles bath. <laughs> um, the doggies too. These are the games they love. The doggies they have do. been out of form or a little bit out of form. People were starting to get on Melbourne's bandwagon, starting to sip that bubble bath. And this is when the Bulldogs uh, shine. And they did shine. They shone so well. Mitch Wallace kicked another bag of four. He's becoming quite a player for them. Leading goal scorer, yeah. Mitch Wallace. Yeah. Forget, forget Josh Bruce. You got Mitch Wallace. Yeah, um, fuck. You know, I mean, God, don't wish any ill will to Josh Bruce, but yeah, you'd pick Mitch Wallace over him any day of the week at the moment. Right now, Bruce, he kicked no goals and had five touches. So. Yeah, he's had one good game for the year. One good game. Kicked a bag of six. Um, yeah, not great. But the doggies, they're hanging in. They, that's, it's classic dogs. Beat teams <laughs> that are playing better than them and then lose to some of the shit teams. Yeah. Hawthorne and Port, not bad from the Hawks. True. That was pretty good. They they hung in there. That's a hard game against the top of the ladder port in Adelaide, and they yeah. did a pretty good job. Yeah, they did. Um, uh, gee, did you... 
that, that was a bad all I, I, I watched, watched some of the Dreamtime game. Um, oh, of course. And the Dreamtime game. Watched the yeah. whole game. That, yeah. It was a pretty boring game. It was pretty boring. It was yeah. more exciting just being yes. in the NT. You know, yes. that was the, the exciting aspect was, of the game was the Indigenous round. The Dreamtime game it was the pre-game stuff. It was... Yeah, it was pretty much everything except for what was on the field. Except for Irving Mosquito. That was awesome. Oh, wasn't that cool? He uh, was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That those, second those goal in goals, particular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like so nice. Just hit yeah. the pack at pace and then just so clean. Just took a bounce. I love it. He just like made the angle a little bit tougher as well. Just uh, in that. <laughs> just, to, just to spice up the high, highlight reel yeah. a little bit more. Oh yeah, no, that was cool. That was great. A good, good effort from the um, from Essendon to to only lose by twelve points to the Probably. Tigers, who look like a uh, they've they've warmed up, haven't they? The Tigers, they're looking yeah. like their slick selves. They yeah, clicking into um, gear. Yeah, they're they're playing like a better team. But um, I think uh, yeah, the, the Dons are. They had Devin Smith back, and they also had Jake Stringer. And Stringer definitely looked like he hadn't played a game in six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, he barely was anywhere near it. Kicked a goal late, I think. Um. Yeah, you know, I watched that, but this is this week's the really tough week. Well, yeah, in terms of tipping. Let's, let's, my let's talk goodness. about this week, hey? I guess, right? Yeah, why not? Oh, one, 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 one small thing before we jump in to next week, Please. Uh, next week's games. And that is that um, you are in illustrious company, my friend, Bart Welch. You hmm. and Mick Malthouse are both calling for Jack Rewalt to retire. Oh, <gasps> uh, well, so, you know, if, if Mick Malthouse is saying, you right. know it's true. When Uncle Mick jumps on board, <laughs> you know you're on the right side of history. <laughs> Jesus, maybe I need to change my tune. <laughs> he needs to yeah. stay. Uh, I, w- I have been very harsh on Jack Rewalt. Um, well, all I mean, year. yeah. Mainly I mean, because... He's a, he's a champion who's down on form and it's, it's he's, a, he's at that age where it's going to happen, right? It's, yeah, um, I can. I feel sore looking at him. Um, I don't know. It is pretty harsh because there's plenty of other players who get reached that, get that get to that point and you're like, oh, okay, it's time to go. But I don't know why I'm feeling such schadenfreude towards... Is he much older than, say, Tom Hawkins? Because he is well, having probably, a career season. Probably younger than Tom Hawkins, all the same age, I would guess. Jack mm. Rewalt is, he is 31 years old. He's an 88 oh, he's man. He's 31. Yeah, 88. Um, and Tom Hawkins, I reckon Tom Hawkins is older. I reckon I he's reckon 32 he or 33. He, uh, yeah, I think it's spot on. Oh, he's, he's an 88 man in, as well. So he's oh, 30, both 31. But he's 32 because his okay. birthday's in July. So happy well. birthday to Tom Hawkins for 21st of July. Indeed. Uh, quick question: gee, How much does Tom Hawkins weigh, Emil? What oh, do you reckon he weighs? Gee, okay, um, he would be. He'd, he'd, is he a hundred and like ninety-five centimeters, something like that? He is one hundred and ninety-eight centimeters. Okay. Oh, God, Emil. big boy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a big he boy. weighs in at a colossal one hundred and four ke- kegs. I reckon. It's a very good guess. He's one hundred and one. He tips the scales at one hundred and one. Right. But he, he's got a good he's got a good uh, three centimeters and eight kilograms on Jack Rewald. So even in his bigger, heavier, taller life, he's still playing better footy than Jack Rewald. Oh man, he's, he's been playing career best. Good, he is he? good. We should talk about Geelong. Let's. Oh. We actually should give some yeah, some credit should. to Geelong because 
they're fucking. We don't good. talk about it much on this podcast. We don't. I don't think anyone really does. They've kind of. They've always... had a lot of coverage over the last many years. Yeah, I think everyone's just sick of them being so good. But, but really, when you, I put Geelong in that category of Geelong, Sydney, Hawthorne. I think about those three, as many people do, through their 15 years, you know, of kind of dominance or or thereabouts being around, you know, around good at the pointy end. at the club and, and being successful and having... Successful, teams professional. Teams seem to, you know, um, be greater than the sum of their parts. Yes, absolutely. And then another player will come in and, you know, they, they, they will fill the role and they've just seemed to be able to do that consistently for all of these years. And really Geelong, you know, obviously Hawthorne and Sydney even more so are starting to do the rebuild thing and they've got some good young players there, particularly Sydney over Hawthorne at the moment. But Geelong, uh, they're big-time contenders again and the critique on them has always been, or in recent years has been that they make finals but they don't really do anything in finals. But... I don't know if they get if they when they get there again this year, th- them and West Coast feel like they're kind of they're the big the big boys the big people yeah. that are kind of seasoned and ready and um, yeah West Coast are eight in a row and Geelong are just moving along. Nicely. Yeah, I put Richmond in that group as well. Richmond too, um, right? Yeah. yeah, they're 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 the three proven contenders, and everyone else is a bit of a challenger, right? I think so, and and I guess Richmond play a little a slightly different game style to the other two. The the Geelong and West Coast have that kick mark, you know, possession game, just like clean skills, very clinical, very mm. professional behind the ball, great defence. Mm. Their defensive units are really dang good. Like you don't get any space against Geelong's stingy defence or West Coast, led by McGovern on the weekend. He was super big hanger, yeah, <laughs> big dude. McGovern. Um, Mm. Yeah, they're they're really good, aren't they? And then and Richmond, of course, play that faster running gun through up the corridor. Yeah, and, and just forward. by weight, slick skills, by weight of their achievements, the last yeah, four you years. Give it to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're kind of the top three, aren't they? But then, Which you know, is funny because Port and Brisbane are on top of the ladder. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And Port have been, they must be frustrated, Port fans. They've been oh. there all year. <laughs> still and no people really. are still like, yeah, you, you know, you're not quite, you're not the uh, premiership favourite. <laughs> well, yeah. They have been a bit uh, more vulnerable these last In few recent weeks. weeks they? Yeah. Yeah. We'll and see. they're Port. And as Hudson say, says, never trust Port. Yeah, you can't trust Port. Did they was that was that round when we were like, hey, this is the round to tip against them? Did that come to fruition? Like, I think it um, did. So it was the Geelong uh, port. I, game, I right? tip, yeah, I it tipped, was. I tipped, was. I tipped Geelong, and I got the tip right because I went with the logic that uh, Hudson had finally yep. tipped Port and be wrong, but he didn't. He tipped Geelong, so he got it right too. Great, there we go. The first and time. it was a sixty-point win. That was yeah. um, that was last Friday. Uh, the 14th of August. So uh, who knows when that was? Two Fridays ago. <laughs> Start of the season, basically. Basically, yeah. What you want to do, baby? It's on you. What you, what you want? This week of football. Yeah, this week of football. Um, on Thursday night, we've got Hudson's Hawks taking on Essendon at the Adelaide Oval. It's a funny, funny Spiritual venue. home of uh, yeah. the Hawks. The Adelaide Oval. Normally, is this is this yeah, just because okay. they're both quarantining to play the local clubs? Because most teams have been flying in and flying out of Adelaide. I thought. I believe so because next yeah. week the um, next week the Hawks play the Crows at Adelaide Oval. Um, okay, sure. 
next Tuesday. Oh, it must be to give the them time. That must be why Adelaide have got the buy. Hang on. Oh, dude, this is the festival of football. <laughs> it's oh, just starting. It, oh, round two. Oh, my oh. gosh. I didn't even know. <laughs> okay, so from Friday. Okay. From Thursday, we're back. <laughs> oh, it's like if Easter and Christmas were a week apart. It is a bit too much. Too much of a good thing, really? Maybe. Could be. Could be. Depends. If the Blues keep winning, then it won't be. It'll be then just it's not. Yeah, there we go. Keep on. All you do is win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mate, this is a, this round, I'm going to say it now, is the hardest round that we've had all year to tip. I reckon there's about five games, six games that could kind of go either way. Um, and do you want to do a little experiment on that? Yes. Yes, I, like, I do. I like, uh, how's this? Uh, okay, for the toss of the coin games, and I think you're right, I think there are like five or six games that are a bit of a toss mm-hmm. of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, you, 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 I'll let you, because you, you have a, uh, you've got a serious tipping competition that you're part of, not just a silly old podcast. So It's very serious. Mate, you, you take your tip and I, I will make an argument for the other side. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going right. to take my tip right now. I'm okay. saying all of this. Last mm-hmm. week I forgot to tip and I'm on top of the ladder in both my other tipping groups. And that was not a good round to not tip, Emil, because it was a pretty easy one oh, in terms no. of tipping. And most people got either like a few people got nine, seven, eight, nine, and I got three. Because Ooh. I didn't tip. Um, anyway, that's my own fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that shows how hectic last week was as well. Um, but, okay, this week in Adelaide Oval, I am tipping the underdogs, the birds, over Essendon. Can you tell me why? why? Yeah. This is the kind of game <laughs> this is the kind of game that Hawthorne, you know, Hawthorne don't necessarily need to win this game. They're not really going to be a player in the finals. Essendon absolutely still can make finals uh still you know they're only a game out or half a game a game and a half out um but i think this is the kind of game that clarko and the hawks would just love to win they'd love if they can't make finals they want to shape the eight and they want to put other teams out of there and essendon's would be one of those teams that they would take much joy in and pulling them apart and i think uh, neutral grounds at adelaide oval i think hawthorne's clinical game plan will just suck the energy out of the Dons. And I still think they can score. They still, they they kept it up with Port last week. The Hawks did. So I don't know. I think Essendon look a bit shaky. They only really stayed in that game last week, the Dreamtime game, because they kicked 10 goals one. If they didn't kick accurately, they would have got absolutely rolled. And I just think the, those birds, they're starting to play. They're starting to try a few things. They're having playing some younger players. They know they're not playing finals this week, but I think they're good enough to beat... Um, Essendon, I think Chad Wingard is going to kick three goals. Okay, I hear you. I uh, I take you on board your point of view. I like it. However, thank you. On the other side of the debate, Essendon mm-hmm. is a team that in recent years has loved letting down its supporters in big moments and in finals. And this is not this game is a rivalry match, but it's it's not on par with that. And I get the feeling that perhaps Essendon. If they're not going to make finals, we're going to find that out late. I think they're going to stay in the hunt for finals right to the end, just to really put the dagger in in the, the hearts of all the Dons fans out there. Hawthorne don't have a real chance of playing finals. Essendon do, and I want to see a, I want to see the big disappointment from the Dons. And to, in order to get to that point, they're going to need to beat the Hawks this week, and that's why I'm tipping Essendon. It's fantastic logic, and it makes perfect sense. It's a big Essendon vibe. It is. <laughs> Poor things. All right. Oh, dear. Well, this next game, Millie, 
is um it's pretty much another coin toss, my it man. Is. Um, by virtue of the fact that it's at Metricon Metricon Stadium and and the 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 Eagles are out of their nest and into the the weepy waters of uh, of the Gold Coast. Will they have trauma about going back to Queensland where they Ooh. shed so many tears? Will it be? You know, will it be just standing on the ground? Will it all come rushing back? Right. Um, as soon as the they onset. get to Carrara, I oh know, what's it? Coolangatta Airport, they sniff mm. the air and feel the fear. Yeah. The shiver mm. runs down their spine. <laughs> as does the tear down the cheek. Uh-huh. Um, well, it's the West Coast Eagles versus Richmond Tigers at 7.10 on uh, the third. Oh, it's a doubleheader on Thursday, of course, because this is the football festival of football mark, mark two. two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh, yeah, and the Tigers, can you believe it, are favourites in this game against West Coast who've won eight games in a row. Now, I am going to get on those salty, salty birds, and I think they're going to reconcile with their former selves, and this will be the game where they'll put those tears to bed, They'll and they'll, they'll, they'll um, relinquish that to the back of their minds. And I think they, they'll get over the, the Tigers. Tigers are looking pretty good, but I think West Coast... Are just a bit bigger, a bit stronger, and those forwards, they're going to struggle to contain Darling and Kennedy. Their forward line's starting to pop off. What are you going to I do think... about it, Dylan Grimes? <laughs> Fake it till he makes it, baby. Right. On the other side of the debate, we have the Tigers. I mean, it's a pretty solid way. It's a pretty easy argument to make, I reckon. West Coast have won eight in a row at their fortress over in Perth. They're going to miss their 19th man. They're every day, every person in the stand shouting for them, calling for free kicks, the the roar of affirmation, uh, free kick West Coast. They're going to miss that hard. And in fact, they're going to miss it so much that they're going to be out of sorts. And the salty tears will well up in their eyes about half time or so because they'll be behind against the Tigers. And then... It'll all come flooding back. The fear, the homesickness, the, the worry that maybe they can't win anywhere else outside of WA. Maybe they are flat track bullies. Maybe they are downhill skiers. But And the Tigers are not going to lift their paw off the throat for a single second. They're going to rush and flood and harass Barass and others. They're going to win the ball, move it forward in the Tiger way, and they're going to kick a winning score. There you go. Go the Tigers. Up the Tigers. They're going to, yeah. Okay. Oh, geez, man. You, you do make an, a, uh, you mount a, a great argument there. A great case. All of it. The whole bit was, um, <laughs> boy, it was, it was strong, really. I, well, I definitely you know. wasn't plugging in my laptop with my headphones out during that spiel. Um, I was listening to every word you said. Don't shatter the illusion of the podcast, but they thought you were hanging on my every word. Come on, give me something. Uh, I got the gist, my friend, and and I think you're wrong. That could be our um, that could be our the the, the byline of our podcast. AF Eloquence, get the gist, get the gist, yeah, just the gist, just the gist, <laughs> the gist of a footy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, All there right. we go. That's they're out there. They're, they're our first two coin toss games. Would you classify the next game, Bart, as a toss of the coin? Because we have uh, the Western Bulldogs taking on the Cats up in Geelong on a you know on the no. worn deck that the, 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 the battleground of last night. It's actually Metricon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. isn't that what I said? Yes, Metricon. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you said Geelong. That's all good. Oh, my bad. Yep. Gold Coast, the Geelong of mm. the North. <laughs> yeah, it's the Geelong of Brisbane, the Gold Coast. Like you just got to get it down from. <laughs> um, I <laughs> think an it's hour away. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels right. Um, I think that it only would be a coin toss if the coin, if it was like a loaded coin, and it was, sure. <laughs> it was a slightly cheat. It was cheating in the way of uh, being weighted towards Geelong. Um, I don't yeah. think it's quite as coin tossy because Geelong. Uh, uh, looking a uh, looking a bit better, I think, than the doggies. I don't know though. The dogs well, can do anything, can't they? they? Yeah, yeah. They, they just look clinical. But, they just bully yeah. teams. Yeah, I, I think Geelong will win. Um, they're just in too good form at the moment, and I don't know how. I don't know how. Uh, Bris- sorry, the dogs will go controlling Hawkins and the Geelong forward line because he's playing some dang good football. Tom Hawkins at 101 kilos, 198 centimetres tall. And 32 Uh, (laughs) years of age. (laughs) That's right. In July. Happy birthday, Tom Hawkins. Yeah, I think the Cats cats will win, even though the Doggies have been playing good football. But if the Dogs win this game, it'll really... um, Throw a spanner in the works because they'll be be moving up into the the eight or moving further into the eight. They'll almost be vying for a top four finish. Is that possible for them? If they have a good run home, they they might be able to get up there, but they'd have to win all of their games. Um, yeah, rely on some other results. Anyway, but yes, but yeah. What what about you, man? Is it a coin toss? No, it's not. Uh, the cats are in sizzling kind of form, and uh, they look strong on every line. And and um, they've only got you know they've got some cream to add to the top of that cake when um, when little Gary comes back too. So I think it's all kind of smooth sailing for the cats at the moment. The dogs should put up a good fight, but I I think you're right. I think um, how they handle. How they handle birthday boy Tom Hawkins is going to be a, a big question mark. Um, and I, I don't know. They might be able to win it from the middle. Um, but then again, they won't. <laughs> the Cats will win, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I'm, on, and, I'm and, on your team. And the form guide for the the um, doggies is they have won the last two in a row, but they were games against Melbourne in a bit of a test for Melbourne. And then they were, the game before that was the pumping of... Uh, the Crows, and then the three games prior is losses to Brisbane, losses to Port, and Richmond. So they've lost to some of the better sides and beat the sides they kind of that are around them and, and below them. So Geelong are definitely a better side than them at the moment. Yeah. What about the theory that uh, the Dogs do that thing where they beat the teams above them and, and struggle with the teams below them? Normally they do that. It is a big time Bulldogs thing to do, isn't it? But this this is proving kind of against that with their losses against. The top four, basically. Yeah. They've lost to nearly all of the top four, bar, bar Geelong. <laughs> so if they lose to this, that kind of puts that theory to bed for the moment. But that is a very Bulldogs thing to do, to beat the sides they shouldn't beat and lose to the the bottom four. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen this week. No, we're both tipping the counts here. Cool. Um, On Saturday, 29th, of August um, at Adelaide Oval at one forty-five, it's Port taking on the Swans in another coin toss of it. No, it's not. I'm back to Port. <laughs> yeah, dude, Port for me. Sydney are rebuilding. They kicked two goals <laughs> last week. I think that was their lowest score and one of their lowest scores in their history. Two goals, seven, um, and got pumped by the Dockers. Pumped by thirty-one points, which isn't a massive mm. pumping, but in this no, year, but it considering kind of is. the Dockers struggle scoring this year, it's fairly big. Yes, and they scored. Yeah, that's right. They, the difference was nearly twice of Sydney's score, um, of their overall score. Uh, yeah, I don't think that. Um, I don't think that Sydney can beat Port at the top nope. of the ladder. Port in Adelaide. 
Go Port. And 4.35 at over in the West, it's the aforementioned Frio Dockers taking on hmm, the, the kind of sad, lackluster GWS. Mm, dude, is this a coin toss? Oh, yes. I reckon it is a coin toss. Okay, you go first. I think it is as well. Um, this is It could go either way. Um, I think, my friend, the Fremantle Dockers, who are just playing some good footy. Just quietly playing some all right football over there. They've been they've got some some young players coming through that are doing some great things. Good debut from Liam Henry on the weekend. Uh, they got Fife and Walters back, so they've got one of the most dynamic midfields going around. They can take a contested mark. Matt Tabernar and Rory Lobb, Rory Lobb are in the top ten for contested marks. They've got an all Australian defender in Luke Ryan, He's um, who's coming on nicely. He's very solid. I don't know a heap about him. Or I've noticed in the last couple of years, particularly because he's been so solid. And the Giants just don't look anywhere near it. The Giants are, you know, uh, are meant to win this game. They're higher up in the ladder. They're they're favourites for the game. But they don't look anywhere near at the moment. I've been tipping them and hoping they'll come back to form, but it hasn't happened. And Frio at home, they're still the home ground advantage. The noise of affirmation is real. Umpires just want love. I think they're going to win. Well, it's... You know, it's good. These are some good points you're raising, Bart. And uh, you know, I'm, I'd, I'd, I'd like to agree with you, um, especially considering the previous, you know, half an hour of the pod where we're bagging out the Giants. But, but, <laughs> but, I've got, I've got a couple of words for you, my friend. Mm, rebuttal list profile. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Have a look at the Giants list. You can't keep that many good players down for this long. Every line they should be. Superior to uh, to Frio, even that midfield with Fife and Walters, the Giants bat deeper. They should be able to find matches for both those players and then some. Um, they are going to do the swift one eighty click this week. It's going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever said they can't do it is full of shit because they are so talented this team mm-hmm. they have everything to play for but it's a free hit as well you know no one everyone's kind of written them off um in the media a lot of a lot of people internally would have you know written them off in terms of making finals or being able to do anything meaningful if they make it so for the players maybe it's a liberating kind of moment maybe it's a Play with some abandon. Play with some of that instinct, and stop worrying about whether the the corridor kick is is the right one, or whether I should give it to Whitfield to take that kick because I'm not supposed to take it. No, they're going to play with instinct. They're going to play with heart. They're not. They don't give a shit about the roar of the crowd. They're always playing against crowds that are against them. The Giants, everywhere they go, even when they play at home, they're sometimes playing with a crowd that's against them. So, for those reasons, and because that's the point of the exercise. I'm picking the joints. <laughs> well, you did a fantastic job and you've nearly swung me over to the, the big, big sound of the west of the country. Um, ah, but true. geez. <laughs> well, yep, well what's west of Frio, Bart? The Indian the Ocean. Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. no, no, no. <laughs> that's where West Coast lives. If um, that's where the big, big sound's coming from, then someone's going to drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did just watch Word of Waterworld. Maybe they'll come in Kevin Costner style, hey, know, their, yeah, with their boats and and you know, drop the anchor on the dockers. Don't know. <laughs> there we go. I hope so. <laughs> we should send them some inspo. Um, some of those dramatic shots of this of this world. Maybe they need to take a trip to um, 
not that you can do this anywhere at the moment, but uh, a it's visual a virtual, trip. Yeah, 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 a virtual trip to one of those a theme park and theme go park. and feel the water world experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's what they need. We'll uh-huh. send it. We'll send it over to our fr- good friend Alex Williams, the ambassador, and see what he can yeah. do to uh, fire up his dockers. I mean, fucking the giants, and fire them <laughs> up in the water. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, Neil. well, that's how it ends, right? They blow up the big ship hey. in the movie. So, uh, spoilers. Spoilers. Fuck. Easy, man. I've been waiting. I'll put to watch something water in the world. notes about skipping it. You know, the 45 yeah. minute mark so people can get past <laughs> the water world. Spoilers. <laughs> Timestamp it. Uh. Uh, next game of the round, we got your Saints. Ooh. Taking on the Melbourne D's up at Traeger Park uh, in Darwin. How do you boys go up in the NT, Bath Buddy Boy? Mm, I'm not sure how we play up there. Um, gee, I don't know when the last time we would have played. <laughs> When's the, the last NT? time they played up there? I'm not <laughs> sure. It probably would be yeah. against Melbourne maybe in one of these years, but I'm not 100% sure. Is this game for you, Emil, is this a coin toss kind of game, do you reckon? Um. Look, I don't feel like it is. I, I, I feel very confident in the Saints. But if you want to tip in and you want me to make an argument against the Saints and for the Ds, I'm happy to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do that because I am going to tip the Saints. <laughs> Your tipping is going to be shot this week. Or maybe oh, not. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Mate, it could be the one. Well, I think that, I, you know, in the past, maybe I'd be like, oh, we'll drop this game. Um but I think we haven't really we haven't done that much this year. We've only really been tested by the really, really solid sides. And Melbourne aren't that this year. They When they get it right, they are. When their connection between their mids and their forwards is on, they're really dynamic and, and um, a great side. But they haven't, they're not always getting that right. And I think we're not going to roll over. We're not going to let them have... If we start strongly, if the Saints start strongly, I think we... You know, will be in the game, but the only way that they would win is if they if they have a really quick start and they get a, get a bit of distance on us. That might be more difficult. But I, I think the Saints are a better side than this, and we normally have it over the D's. It's we have some pretty tight games, but um, I feel like that St Kilda should win. Yeah, it'll be Are interesting. It? The midfield yep. will be the the battle. I don't know if Max Gorn's back yet. If Gorn is in, different story potentially. But it'll be one and lost in the midfield, Emil. I'll say that. Sure. I think you're right. Um, it wasn't much of an argument, by the way. I didn't really give you much there at all. I just kind of mumbled well, around like and said, the, "Go it's Saints." Typical, it's the typical kind of like gentle backing of a Saints supporter, isn't it? It's like that's yeah, true. I think we'll win, but also there are many reasons why we won't. You know? Yeah, that's right. It's I'm kind of doing I'm kind of doing your job for you. I'll give, uh-huh. <laughs> give it an each an each way bet, and then I'll tip the Saints and cover some points that you might cover. Um, well, uh, okay. My main argument centers around the youth of Melbourne. Kaziah Pickett and uh, Jackson in particular, um, that connection, which has often been the problem for the Ds the last three years or so, that connect that forward 50 connection, a lot of that has been sorted out by the introduction of Kazi Pickett. Um, he's playing that high half forward role and he's putting the ball into some great spots, allowing um, allowing their forwards to have a run and jump at the ball and, and, and giving them better forward 50 entries. Um, I wonder... You know who the matchup's going to be on 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 him, and whether or not they they play like a defensive, um, like a defensive type, or if they play if they if they try and make him accountable on the other end. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play it, um, or if they're going to lock him down. I don't know. Ben Long would he be a, a type? That's who'd play that's on him? who I was thinking. I was thinking either Ben Long or Geary would be. Yeah, yep. that'd be the players we'd go with. Yeah, I'd wonder if Geary has the leg speed to to 
keep up with him. Probably not um, But who knows? They'll, they'll probably do a team handoff thing. Anyway, um, and I think uh, with Tom McDonald out, they just look they look a lot better uh, the Ds, which, you know, they're paying in the big bucks as the big forward. And um, he wasn't holding his place up down there and, and, and nor is he... Nor is he in their best tall defender category anymore now that they've got May and Lever there. Uh, so I think the competition for spots is is a little bit fiercer than it was at the D's. And I think that um, Wiedemann's looked at home uh, since coming back. And Jackson is, is is he could be anything. He's um he's he's a, he's a high pick, but and we're seeing why. And he's you know, he's he's only a he's a he's a breakout game away from being a really um a real game winner. And um I think that because of those two players who are going to have massive games, <laughs> um, that they're just going to get over the line against the Saints and keep their finals dreams alive. Because that's what they're playing for as well. They win this game. It's a it's a classic eight-pointer. It is, isn't it? It's a classic eight-pointer. So if they win, they're up to... Oh, well, yeah. They're, they're a game behind us even if they win, but this puts them well and truly in the conversation for finals. I realise I'm talking way off mic because... I never use mics in my in my professional career, so I'm just pruning <laughs> a meal. <laughs> so, um, yeah, gee, that's a big one. Eight point game. Go Saints. Speaking of eight point games, the next game of the round at the Gabba is the Blues taking on Collingwood at uh, three thirty five on Sunday, the thirtieth. Now you tell me, is this a coin toss game? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, yeah. But allow me to make the argument for the blue. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, okay, uh, form is the main center point of of, of my argument. We've been in much better form the last six we- uh, six rounds than the Pies. Uh, their injuries are well documented, and um, we ought to have the players that'll push them, um, both in our forward line and midfield. And then we ought to have the answers for their forwards, limited forwards. Uh, in our backline, who have been our backline's been amongst the best performing back um, defenses of the of the league, um, and you can see why the way that Wiedering's playing this year, the way Do- the reintroduction of Doherty into kind of that role, it's been absolutely seamless. Um, Williamson is, is is playing a hell of a season. Plowman is 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 really reliable, and and not only that, he's um, versatile too. Plays big and small. Um, and I think that we will have the answers for their forwards. Uh, the middle would will be where they might be able to get on top of us. But I think that um, I think that we're, with we, we'll be coming up against Collingwood with a different look midfield than we have seen against them for some time. You know, I'm talking about you know getting being able to push Jack Martin in there, having Will Setterfield being a permanent member of that of that midfield rotation, seeing Matt Kennedy uh, get around the ball. Um, Zach Fisher doing some minutes in there. I think that and and Gibbons as well is is playing a lot of inside mid time. So I think that um, the pieces should be there that will be able to, if not match them, then beat them. The, the, I guess the one the one piece of the puzzle that we don't have um, that they have is, is is a Grundy is a really dominant ruckman, um, and he you know look, I think the center point to your argument might should be about around him. I reckon if we lose. To them, it'll be in no small part thanks to his around the ground and and um, around the footy work. But I think Pitnet um, Pitnet's a good negating ruckman, and I'm interested to see what he how he how he plays Grundy. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to tip the Blues. Um, I think we should be able to, if we, if we kick accurately, we should be able to put them away. And in the rebuttal corner. So, man, I'm going to stand on my argument around a, a man named Brody Grundy. <laughs> oh, it's a hot take. <laughs> hot take right here. <laughs> no, I think that the Pies, look, they've got a lot to play for here. They love, this is a, this is a classic rivalry. This is, I'm going to refer to history here and Collingwood just being those, the, old, the older brother, the bully. They just that want to, you know, put their younger sibling in place. The old, the younger slash older club. <laughs> One point on that as well. If Collingwood win this week, it yeah. squares the ledger. Oh, this is historically. Are you what? Really? To like, I don't know how many. I can't remember how many wins each way, but we're one ahead of them at the moment in terms of no history. way. Yeah. You're one this ahead. Oh, okay. Well, may I rephrase my argument? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will say um, something about the Blues. They're a very average team this year. And by average team, I mean, I saw the other day. What did you say to Bell? <laughs> what did you say about Your beloved Blues. They have kicked this year. What was it? It was, um, so I'm just trying to recall it. They uh, have kicked, uh, they've won six games, they've lost six games, they've scored 756 points, and they have been scored against 756 points. So this is as even and as it gets. And our percentage is 100. Clean? Well, oh. yeah, because one, it's the exact same amount before and against. Oh, of course it is. Of course. We are the oh. average blues. We are the boring average blues. <laughs> Well, in in the spirit of uh, maths, mathematics, I'm and tipping the draw. The evenness. <laughs> yeah, draw. yeah. <laughs> it's the draw. Um, uh, <laughs> lock it in, baby. <laughs> it's gonna be a draw. Moving on, uh, 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 and just and just a little quiet one, just for the record. I'm tipping the blues. Yeah, like Thank actually, you. I'm tipping uh, the blues. <laughs> I hope you guys. Hell win. yeah. Oh, and the draw go blues. Come on, Blues. Um, next game of the round and the last game of the round, we've got a couple of buys. Uh, this one, we've got Adelaide and the Lions taking a, taking a, a week off or, well, a couple of days off. Um, but the last game is the Suns taking on North uh, up at Metricon Stadium at 6.10 on Sunday. In, you know, North's uh, a good chance for a, for a win for North. Is this a coin toss, Bart? Would we call this a coin toss? I think you probably would call this a coin toss, wouldn't you? Right on. The the because the, the Suns haven't won, you know that they've lost a nearly five games in a row or something, and, and North are really no better. They've started to look a bit better. North they played some. They had that patch a little while ago where they were pr- pretty dire. They were really trash, and they've started to get together a bit more recently. But um, you know they had a close loss against the Lions, and then played all right football against the Pies last night. But Collingwood just put the foot down. And then, yeah, gosh, we're looking back a little bit to see Gold Coast last win, but they've been in games. Um, well, Gold Coast, hang on, Gold Coast uh, won a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? They lost. They um, had a draw to, against the Dons, but they've lost to you guys by about 30-odd points. They lost to the Tigers by 20-something points. Yeah. They were close in the game with the Tigers till the third quarter. Um, yeah, I was thinking about the draw. You're right. Yeah, they had a draw against the Dons. Look, it probably is a coin toss, isn't it? They're both sitting 14th, 17th down the bottom end of the ladder the the 
uh, Gold Coast are a game and a half ahead of North, so maybe that gives them the slight advantage. But yeah, I, I am tipping the Gold Coast for this game. I think they're, um, I think they're just slightly better finishers as, as well in terms of just their actual play in play, like capitalising on opportunities. You can't yeah. sleep on them these days because they have a lot of class now. They have a lot of talent in their list, a lot of young talent, and so whenever there is talent, it can't be it can't be too ignored. And they can they do have the ability to get it together, and they do have a lot of players who can just finish the job, who can just score, and who can convert, and they stay within striking distance. And North Melbourne are a bit a bit scrappier. They're 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 really trying to figure out who who they're going to keep on their list. It seems they're playing some people who've been on the list for four, five years, six years. They're giving them and they're not this playing kind of ba- some of the players they've traded for. You know, no interesting coaching. Pollock, I mean, Pollock's yeah. the big one, isn't he? And it must be something disciplinary. I don't know. He's not doing something that the coach wants. I don't know. Maybe he's just not playing the role exactly as he should. Um, maybe he is. He he's not flicking it off to the the ball user or the whoever. He's. He's not handballing off the Lockie Whitfield if they played in the same team. <laughs> Just referring to that uh, well, instinctual might be play. After, after the end of this season, who knows? Well, true. That's a good point. Maybe, what, Pollock move again? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, it looks like, why wouldn't they trade him out if he's not getting a game for them? It's uh, weird. North, Are they doesn't pretty... fit the list profile of, of their, when yeah, they're what... kind of going to be challenging next. So it why, is odd. why have him? It is they're strange, paying him 700 grand a year. And this is his second year in the team? Uh, yes. Yeah. So he's he, he, Jared Polek could be the ultimate journeyman at the end of his career because he's That's three true. clubs deep and he still has a lot of football left in him, it seems. Oh, speaking of, I mean, just a little side, side diversion here. Speaking of ultimate journeyman, mm. um, my hero, Jack Nunes, um, oh, yeah. is now, I think, uh, I got to. I think the, uh, the only player, the first player in VF, VFL, AFL history to play games in all of the eight states and territories of Australia, as well as New Zealand and China. He completed the set with the Darwin game. Cosmopolitan. Oh, Ticked him off. Yeah. yeah, The ultimate journeyman. (laughs) That's pretty impressive, actually. The first player, as well as a couple of internationals there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as well as China and New Zealand, there aren't many others in that country. No, that's right. Just a couple from the Saints. Um, yeah. That was sent through to the pod by a good friend of the show, Dylan. So thanks, Dylan, for oh, that thanks, uh, Dylan. little tasty tidbit. He Love is uh, Mr. Velocity Card after all. <laughs> and plus, he, um, plus he's clutch AF with that goal, oh. which we didn't get to revel in because it's old news now. Old news now. But <laughs> it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Well, they say, that all, they say that no Nunes is good Nunes, but I disagree. For your Saints, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. he's, been good news, he's been good Nunes for us Blues, that's for sure. I'm happy to pass the good news on, good news on to people <laughs> that I love. So you're welcome to him. He's, yeah, he's, he's man, he's, well, on that note, he's uh, oh, wait. We're very, I'm, what? Well, who, who are you tipping in this game? Oh, who am I tipping? BT Dubs. Oh, for the sake of a short pot, I'm tipping the bloody tipping the tipping the Gold Coast. Of course, no, I do think I do think the Gold Coast to win. I'm, I don't think yep. this is a real toss of the coin. Hey, we we made it. We did it. We did. Thanks. Our for- pre pre pod leading up to uh, the Festival of Football Mark Two, which we didn't even know was coming. That's uh, it creeps up on you like that. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, for listening. Thanks for coming on board with us. We missed you all dearly. We did. We did. 
Um, we've been thinking of you, and we will be back with another episode whenever we damn well feel like it. This has been AFL Equins in the afternoon. Um, get your tools from Mitre 10, I guess. I don't know. Fuck yeah. See you yeah, later. Tradie soap, whatever you need. Get it done. Wash your hands. Bye. <laughs> Who <laughs> <We're> does? <done. laughs> uh.